This is Talkit League. Welcome. We're happy to have you here. If you didn't know, this is going to be four dudes just getting together each week and talking about your favorite game, Rocket League. I'm Ryan. I'm Sleeky. I'm Squid. And I'm Hunted. We're going to be talking about things. You may not like some of our opinions. You may like some of them. Either way, we're going to keep on talking and hope to God you listen in. So let's just go into our first topic here. Uh, the roster moves from this RLCSX announcement. I can't say words. Uh, they were pretty common before. Do you guys think they're going to remain the same or do you think that they're going to change with this new format? I mean, I think they're going to change pretty dramatically. I don't mean, I don't know yeah. about Hunter or Squid, but I, I think we're going to see a dramatic decrease in the level of roster changes overall with this change. I mean, that's really the big question, right? And, and that's kind of why we, we decided to tackle this question is uh, when are teams going to make their changes? And this is the big question that I was kind of thinking to myself personally, because now we have three splits with the RLCS happening at the end of it. But when a team makes a roster change, will they will they remain? Will they re retain their points? Will they will they be able to keep that for RLCS qualification? So it's still a two thirds rule, like between splits. So it's like you could you could start in fall or whatever. Yeah, fall. You can start in fall with like this original three man team. By the time you get to the end, though, I believe you could just have like only one original player. Yeah, but the the thing is, is they can only make those roster changes in between splits, right? Yeah, there's going to be like a designated frame of time when swaps are allowed. But to retain your points from fall to winter, you have to keep two thirds. The two thirds rule is still in effect for that part, at least. I think you guys are right in that we're going to see a decrease in roster moves for like RLCS teams, but rival series teams are teams that are just outside of the rival rival series. I bet it's actually going to get worse because think about it. You, if you're playing through the grid and you get knocked out early or whatever, what, what do you do for the rest of the time? Do you try to just grind out with that team and hope that the little amount of points that you got are going to work? Or do you try to like sneak your way into a team that did a little bit better and they're looking to make a change? Like, I think honestly, this is going to make it worse for like rival series players. Nah, I, I think this is going to bring more stability to these guys. I mean, no, hey, no, no, no. I have been running a weekly Rocket League tournament <laughs> for over a freaking year. These guys swap rosters like nobody's business. And I think that having more high level competition happening on a more frequent basis, you're not going to see it happen as often because what happens is every single time that rival series gets announced or a little bit before it gets announced, the players know it's coming. So they find they figure out they set up the teams and then rival series happens with the play ins. They lose or they win, and then they just immediately disband and they say, well, we have to wait like six, seven months before we get to try again. Now, they've only got to wait like two, three months. They can say, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's try to rehash this roster and or not rehash the roster, but like fix up some of our issues we're having in the play and come back into the next one looking better. I think these teams are going to stick together more, to be totally honest with you. I don't think that's true. And uh, he, here's here's going to be wrong. a little bit. OK, all right. <laughs> all right. All right uh, next topic, then. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm the host today, but man. I, hey, 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 whatever. You know, you do you. But here's the way that I look at it. Right. Is two or three months, in my opinion. And you do mention that it is 
a little bit of a shorter period of time. Of course, it will take some teams some time to adapt. But I also feel that there's a lot of really headstrong players out there who are basically hopping rosters. And I, I think I've actually seen it before where we have, we have had players in the bubble scene kind of hop rosters a couple of times, actually, before the Rival Series qualifier comes around. So I feel there's still going to be a couple of those players who really think that, oh, my my team is the problem. And I'm starting to wonder if we're going to see some teams between splits who uh, maybe get into the regional, uh, but they don't quite make it out to the major or they get eliminated pretty early on. I, I almost wonder if we're going to see some players trying to really make a name for themselves uh, and say like, oh, hey, look, I'm a really talented mechanical player and I could I'm basically like the next Justin and trying to steal a spot from somebody who's already done well with another team on the previous split. So we could basically see a situation where some up and coming player basically steals a spot from one team or the next who are just about to uh, to basically get a ton of points uh, from a previous major. You could get a, a third player from a roster who played two splits with their previous team. Maybe they made a major, they got a ton of RLCS qualification points, and then they just get kicked out. I feel like there's going to be a lot yeah, of players but, trying yeah, to find that. The other thing, too, is if you end up getting a whole lot of points, you're not going to be thinking as much about like, hey, we need to change teams because we just did really well. Let's go and kick this roster to pieces. I mean, the thing is, is they have more competitions to try and work these issues out. So like even like looking back at like the RBG and Aeon situation, you're not going to see that as often because it's like they know that there's another high level competition right around the door. And also on top of it, because you're not guaranteed an RLCS spot like you were before, you're going to see teams be willing to try and stick some of these rosters out a little bit longer, I think, because in, in like their situation, they felt like they had to make a change because they thought that was going to be what pushed them over the edge to make them more competitive. I think if you have them in this current setup, they're going to be like, okay, we have more time to try and fix this up rather than just being like, let's scrap part of this roster. I I genuinely, especially if they start getting points, if you see a bubble team get any points, they're going to try and hold that roster together and keep building because they see that they're on a path. But we, we have seen bubble teams before have like like standout runs that just like are a pop-off though in, in certain majors though. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here for a second too. And I, I'm kind of in the middle on this. Like I can see both, and I really think what you're gonna see is you're gonna see teams use roster moves as more of a strategy uh, than anything else. Because here's the thing: is if you start having these teams making wide sweeping roster moves, if they don't perform well, they do lose all of their earned points up to that point. And so if you have teams that are maybe they're having mediocre performances. They're doing good, but they're not doing bad. But by just virtue of sticking together, they can potentially move their way up by just sticking together and letting the teams that could potentially be above them but are looking to make changes forfeit their points. So I, I think it, you're going to see it decrease just because you, you're going to see teams that want to hold on to their points and they're going to see opportunities when other teams essentially forfeit theirs. So you're basically saying it's going to be become like a game of chess. Kind of, yeah. We're playing, playing 40 chess. The thing is, too, is that you have to think that how many times have we seen a team come out of nowhere and have... Uh, like a, a fantastic run in the That's dream hack or something. Well, right. No, and I'm I'm agreeing with you to to a to a point in that I think those teams. You know, you, you think about like the Peeps, for instance. Remember the whole Peeps run, and everybody was big up in arms about the Peeps, and they stuck together and they made rival series, and then eventually RLCS, right? 
But then you've got other teams. Uh, what was there was that one European team that that went pretty far in a dream hack and everybody was big on them and they didn't do anything after that. And, you know, a roster change happens. People go their separate ways. I think you see less when when a team has a standout performance, you're going to see less changes there. I think that's kind of obvious. The point system works for them moving forward, but it really, really works against a team that didn't do quite so well that should have done better, but didn't quite get to that point. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're, you know, you're, you have uh, talent in this community and you know that you have egos in this community that think that they deserve these different things. And you know that they are going to push themselves to get on a team ahead of somebody, even if that team has already performed. And to me, I think that's going to cause some instability until people start to figure some things out. Yeah, and I think uh, I, I did get a chance to go uh, take a look. And you're talk- you're thinking of Team Echo Zulu, and I think that's a great point. You know, you got a lot of talented players on that team. They made it all the way to to day three of DreamHack. Uh, I can't remember which which DreamHack DreamHack it was, but it still kind of poses that question. They weren't able to make it uh, into the, to the to the next season. That uh, they weren't able to promote. It was kind of a disaster story, in all honesty. And I think that's really where where the kind of discussion stems from there. Uh, I mean, I think you also have to understand at times, though, that like there's just times where it's like you can do really well as a team, but you may have zero personal chemistry. Dignitas is a perfect example of this great team. They were fantastic. Every define everyone defines them as the golden age of Rocket League and just one of the best teams ever. They did not get along as people. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you're seeing with some of these is people it's just people not getting along with people. And so it's easier to just break up the team at that point. But when you start seeing teams, they get points together and they're doing really well. They want to keep those points. You're going to try to you're I think you're going to see some maturity start happening here. You're going to see people start learning how to just deal with each other, start learning how to deal with some of these conflicts that they have with one another instead of seeing all the stupid Twitter crap we have. Hey, happening. Ryan, I really hope you're right. Honestly, I really hope you're right. I I know that I've argued against it, but I really, I really do hope you're right. And honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it is a change, right? I mean, how long have we been doing the same thing in Rocket League? Uh, It's, it's been four years and nothing's changed until now. So I'm, I'm excited. I hope you guys are right, but it just, I feel like I know this community, right? I feel like I've seen this enough times that people are going to try to snake their way into teams that I'm not going to say they don't deserve it, but there's going to be drama. There's always drama in this community when it comes to that kind of stuff. And uh, honestly, I think the biggest question for me is, does raw Greg finally make it into like something <laughs> like, please, for the hey, love of don't God, don't talk about oh my, my boy God. like that. No, don't talk about I, my boy Greg. Like that. I want Greg to succeed so bad. I've never wanted a bubble player so badly to succeed. And I'm hoping that this helps him on his way. Greg, I swear to God, if you're listening on this, we are rooting for you. And we hope to God you make it, man. That's this. Talk at League is behind you, friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now he has to do an interview. <laughs> yep, he's. we're calling him on. It's going to happen. Uh, so so in, in lieu of all the other format changes that are going on, um, I noticed in the little footnotes there's a switch from Smash to Battlefy. Call me crazy. That is the stupidest move after what happened with CRL and Face It. Dumb move. Smash, is, Smash has been there for you, man. 
Why, why, would, why would you leave the, the one that's been good to you for this new flashy relationship that, you know, it just, I, it might not be as good. And it, it does beg the question, you know, we got like the entire community has had so much experience with Smash in the past. Yep. Uh, and that goes for more than just the players. That goes for uh, certain tournament organizers around the scene. I know that the, uh, of course, the College Carball Association, you mentioned uh, Basit, uh, having a little bit of an issue, of course. Uh, I, I know some people who are trying to work with that as well, and it was a major hassle. Of course, they put in a little, their best A little effort, bit of an issue. It was so bad. Hey, I, it, hey, for anybody you know, who doesn't know about <laughs> what happened here, they tried using Faceit as like the official like tournament provider tournament platform it flopped so hard they were like let's go back to old let's go back to old reliable smash.gg why why would you leave that i mean come on so here here's the thing i actually i'm actually i actually kind of like the switch to battlefly i love smash.gg don't get me wrong smash.gg has got a huge presence in the community but for what I think Psionics is trying to accomplish, it feels like Battlefy has had more experience in the higher level events, and they've also I, I I'm just gonna be upfront, they've got a more they've got a better presentation of their entire product as a whole. Like I, I've used them a little bit in the past, but I mean, especially looking at how they have it set up now, it, it just feels like a more professional vibe, whereas Smash really does sort of give me the community vibe, and I hope that it continues to stick around, but I can kind of see their thought process into switching into Battlefy as much as some people may be skeptical about its viability after the Face It situation. Something I will say as well, and for the credit of Face It, I actually really liked how Sionix was trying to do the Face It integration. I know this was kind of separate from their switch to that platform, but I, for one, was all for it. I actually have participated in a couple of the Face It tournaments that they host for Rocket League in the past, and I thought it was a really cool idea. The execution seemed a little bit subpar. I mean, for sure. I mean, how how do you how do you go from having something that could possibly become a part of the game to it's just a joke? I mean, face it did not work out like at all. And I don't I mean, to me, it's just I I think you stick with what, you know, I don't think you need to go to Battlefy. I'm, I kind of understand where Sleazy's coming from of like it looks nice and everything. And to an extent, whenever I, I went and viewed the tournament page and everything, and it looks kind of like I'm just on an extension of the RL Esports website. Like it looks nice. It looks good. But I just. I think you stick with what you know and what the community knows because you've built like the community is built around smash.gg all these community organizations my community organization we all use it and I mean I just I don't see why you switch at this point to be honest you've been using them for four years I get it you're starting a new format I don't think you need to leave smash though personally personally I'm I have been ready to talk about this for a while now and I'm glad that it's brought up because I I have been thinking about it a lot and agree with you. I mean, obviously all of us have been in the community and, and worked for multiple orgs over the time we've been here. Um, and Smash has always been the staple of the community. But Battlefy, if you really dig into it and you think about what Psionics is trying to accomplish. Now, quickly, I, I just want to hit you with a couple of, of stats that Battlefy advertises on their website of what they did in 2019. Lay it on me. They covered, or they didn't cover, but they hosted, uh, for instance, the FIFA 2020 
global series qualifiers or playoffs, whatever it was, some the, like the largest tournament in FIFA history, some 61 million views or something like that. They had the Overwatch, one of the top Overwatch Path to Pro leagues that had qualifiers in seven different regions hosted on their website, not to mention Hearthstone Masters qualifiers that had over 700 tournaments. And all this you can see on their on their website. They they proudly display that because it is quite uh, it's quite an accomplishment, especially when you think about who that company is that they're backing and in Blizzard, because Blizzard is notorious for not letting go of their esports community. They hate it when other people take over stuff, and they have trusted Battlefy with two of their biggest qualifiers that they have on their uh, in their esports lineup, but. You look at that and you look at what Psyonix is trying to accomplish. This is no longer regional worlds or regional playoffs worlds. This is regional, 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 major, regional, 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 major, all culminating up to worlds, weekly stuff, point tracking, everything. You and I, Ryan, both know Smash is garbage at tracking literally anything you need to track. Like try... Try setting up what Psyonix wants to do in a Smash event. I guarantee you, you're not going to be able to do it effectively. And you're not going to be able to track the points, especially with teams remaking, with teams on these, you know, trying to retain their points, things like that, having to track them across multiple regions and across majors. It's not going to work. And Battlefy, if they, ha- they must have something on the back end that can do that. Because I, I don't think Psyonics would go into this just blindly saying, oh, I hope you can help us. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean, when you when you start looking at all the moving parts, yeah, it's a, it starts to make sense. If Battlefy has the toolkit to make it happen, eh, fine. But at the same time, I just, I think that if they worked with Smash, I think that Smash values RLCS and Psyonics enough to try and do whatever is necessary to make it possible I mean, I I mean to to an extent I I disagree with the move. I still hope to God it works and we don't have a face it situation because that would be horrible across the board. I have one final point that I want to make and then I'll 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 relax on this subject. One one final point that I want to make about this is I guarantee you Battlefy has staff that is willing to help the esports staff of Psionics get this going. And I don't think Smash has that. That is huge with how understaffed Psionics has been. That's fair. And we know it. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Battlefy is is most likely willing to help them. And that is probably one of the big reasons why. And, you know, maybe this becomes Battlefy becomes the new Smash for the community because we realize that it's an awesome site. I don't know. I can't I can't talk to that. But I personally think that uh, that Battlefy is the smart move from Psyonix for this new format. And I mean, I, ho- I hope it is. I hope that that's the right call. I mean, I I want nothing more than to see RL Esports just succeed at everything it does. So I, I hope that you're right. I hope that it's the right move. You know, we're just I think we're gonna have to wait and see. Um, but I'm, I'm still in favor of Smash. Um, but Move, move, I got I got to I got to ask you guys about this as well. Um, do you think that there's going to be any majors outside of the split majors that are happening in RLCSX? Like where where does DreamHack go from here? Because that was one of the things I noticed when I first looked at all this was it was just when is there time for there to be a DreamHack? We got so many DreamHacks 
with this old format and moving to this new one, I'm like, is there ever a chance for it even? I think there is. Uh, I think it'll change the landscape a little bit for sure. Um, but I think it also opens some doors, uh, ju- especially during the times in between splits or leading up to splits. I think psionics could potentially do a really good job of uh, using stuff like DreamHack or even ESL, if ESL were to try and get back in in a sort of major tournament sort of way. <laughs> <laughs> not not in their weeklies, not in, not not in their weeklies, but like in like an ESL major, like an ESL one or something of that scale. Um, I, I think it could be an excellent opportunity to provide additional outside tournaments uh, outside of the RLCS sphere uh, for teams to compete for money right then instead of the other avenues they have. I don't think we'll see it as much. I think you'll see two or three a year, maybe, if that. But I do think that they're not going to just be going completely away. So am, I'm, I could just be ignorant and, and not have researched this enough, but has Psionics said who's going to be running these majors? Is it Psionics run? It's Psionics run. Yeah. So they're not, they're not going to be outsourcing this to say DreamHack, and then it would be a DreamHack major. From everything that I've seen that they've released, it, it, it feels like Psionics for the RLC, for the things that earn RLCS world points or whatever they're calling them. Um, all of that is being hosted and run by Psionics. Now, I, I guess it is technically possible that they could utilize DreamHack as a, or ESL as a way to hold those events, but I do not I see, see them doing, doing that. that I, I see them keeping that 100% in-house. Yeah, there's there's no way that they give that over to and make it like an ESL spring major. Like, there's no way that they do that. Like, Psionics is very much, like, they want to control it, but also, like, they try to be hands-off when they can. When it comes to their big stuff like that, they're not going to be hands-off. There's no way. They're not going to give that over to DreamHack. They're not going to give that over to the ESL. They're not going to give that over to, like, the Intel Extreme Masters or anything. They're not going to do it. And if you think they are, you are lying to yourself. Well, it, it does make me wonder, though, because we we ha- we uh, I think we can kind of be in agreement that I think Psionics, you know, they want to be hands on with how they run these majors. But uh, considering that RLCSX is supposed to be this like year round thing and it's like constant Rocket League action. When does that leave time for the majors? Because the majors, the, the DreamHack isn't going to change its schedule for RLCSX events. So the players are either going to have to decide, you know, maybe DreamHack now just exits Rocket League because they don't want to, they're not going to get like the professional attendance, but they're also not going to, you know. I mean, but you look at, I mean, look at Counter-Strike and how many majors or or events these players go to every year. Well, maybe not majors. I mean, if you talk about Counter-Strike, there are those few major majors, but event, LAN events that they go to. I mean, there are teams that will play you know, two or three weekends a month in different places doing different things. And why, why can't rocket league be the same? Because like, at what, at what point is there time to between the grid, the field, the RLCSX, like at what point is there even time for any of this? Yeah, to even that's the happen? problem. The grid is like every and week. The, other, the difference between the difference between rocket league and uh counter-strike is just the fact that counter-strike doesn't have a set league system. Like what, what Psionics just established. Psionics just established something that is more akin to what League of Legends has. 
you're not like there's you can't make that comparison because it's comparing apples to oranges. And I don't think that you, I don't like I'm with squid. I just don't see when is there time to do any of these DreamHack majors because there's so many other things that are going to be happening, whether it's the open circuit qualifiers and the playoffs to get into the major and then the major itself and the grid and the field. And just, they have so many new moving parts that it's just when it feels almost like great. There's a lot more Rocket League, but when is there time for any of like the stuff that we've had before? For as far as running these additional land majors, it's going to be up to the dream hacks to do that. And one thing I will say is, regardless of how busy they are, regardless of how many events they're doing, if DreamHack puts up a big enough prize pool, you're going to get pro teams show up. It's the, the, the money is going to draw them to it. And they're like, and I'm sure that the people working at DreamHack or wherever, when they're planning these tournaments, they're they're going to try and work with teams and Psionics a little bit to at least try and fit it in somewhere. But as long as the prize pool is there, the teams will show up. Yeah, but the problem is, is that Psionics, if this is Psionics' way to go full Blizzard and that they don't allow anyone to do anything, I mean, we've already seen them reject tournaments for different things. What's stopping them from saying, you know, what, what's stopping them from saying, hey, DreamHack, no, sorry, you're not allowed to do Rocket League anymore. I mean, they've done that to other people. Is this part of them, like, is Epic kind of up there as well, maybe trying to give them some guidance, being like, hey, we want you to become your own thing so that way you're, you're like an independent standalone, right? Because if they don't have... I mean, Epic, they ran their own stuff, you know, uh, the Fortnite World Cup, all all that, uh, you know, BS. They they ran it themselves. I mean, I'm not going to knock the Fortnite World Cup. That was a very well put together event. I mean, 30, 30 million dollar prize pool, the Fortnite BS. Sure. I thought we were doing the hot takes last. You know, with- I'm not a big Fortnite fan. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm not a Fortnite fan. I'm a Rocket League fan. Come on. I don't know what's I going mean, on. I mean, I am there. too. But at the same time, you can't deny that massive prize pool. Okay. Yeah, sure. You can slap a massive prize pool on anything. It can still be a garbage event, you know? Yeah, but that event was extremely well run, though. Squid's going to see like a $60 million prize pool and be like, nah, that's garbage. That's trash right there. (laughs) Hey, when has anybody ever trusted my judgment? That's all I'm saying, you know? (laughs) Squid, that's a garbage game. I'm never playing it, and you shouldn't either. Insert the most, one of the most popular games in the last three years. Hey, hey, come on. That popularized like an entire genre, basically, alongside PUBG. Well, PUBG pioneered it. Fortnite refined it. Alongside PUBG? All right, yeah. Now, now we're good. Now this is the hot take section. We're, we are getting a little off topic, though. <laughs> Along with PUBG? That's later in the show, man. Come on. But, I mean, I at the end of the day, like, I just, you have to wonder where they're going with some of this. And I think if we do see more DreamHacks, that's great. Because the community, I love DreamHacks personally. And I hope that we keep seeing more stuff like that. I mean, I hope one day that, you know, maybe I get to go cast one. That'd be cool. <laughs> but I see you got to do the uh, boost cup or whatever. Yeah. So that w- that was one of my that was uh, one of my first yeah. land experiences, and was one of the one of the one of the most insightful experiences was doing those dream that dream hack uh, boost cup in Atlanta. So now, I mean, I'm right there with you. I really, I really hope that Psionics can find a way to keep these sort of a third party large land events around. Just because, I mean, they really, it could, if anything else, right, if anything else, they can be a sort of break in pace from RLCS. Just a real quick, hey, we know you've all been really enjoying the RLCS so far, but 
Take a look at this one-day tournament for seventy-five to $100,000. It's a lot of fun. It'll be over this weekend, and then we can jump right back into uh, the normal competitive play of this RLCS season. I think it has its space. Honestly, I'm... I, I know that we've been talking a lot about this, but I'm honestly most excited for when people get on Twitter and start that there's too much Rocket League. It won't be me, I'll tell you what. When we have complained about not enough Rocket League, and there will be people on Twitter frustrated with the amount of Rocket League we have. I think I think uh, looking at Lukash right there, he's going to be burning his hands every single day. Liquipedia's got a their their Monka S over there getting ready for this. <laughs> well, I mean, he's already he's already started that updating the Liquipedia page twenty four seven. Now <laughs> Liquipedia better start paying that man. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I don't blame him. I mean, if they okay, all right, hold on. Let me amend my statement. If there is any person who is allowed to complain about the amount of Rocket League, it's him. He is the only person I will accept if if I see him complaining on Twitter. Okay, all right, but I, I think the one thing that I do want to bring up too is that if they do exclude DreamHack, the one thing that I will lament about the death of DreamHack Rocket League is the fact that it's not just Rocket League at DreamHack. I think there's a lot of value for a lot of people. There's so many different things that are going on there. Like, I remember when I went to DreamHack Montreal, you know, it's great to watch Rocket League for a while, but I'm not going to sit there for 10 hours a day and just watch Rocket League. It's going to get boring after a while. I don't care if you're that big of an esports fan. There's going to be some teams where it's like, you know, this is kind of a sleeper match or this is just like a quarterfinal and nobody, you know, it's like a throwaway game. Like this team is clearly going to lose to NRG. It gets boring. So if you have if you have four four lands a year, right, with the three majors in the RLCS that are just Rocket League, I'm not going to go to all of them. In fact, I'll probably skip out on Worlds a couple of times in a row because it's just not worth it. I can have the same experience hanging out with my friends in a Discord chat wherever the hell I feel like it and still get that same hype experience when somebody scores a second goal. And and that's one of the big things about Blizzard, too, is you get BlizzCon, which, I mean, even if you're not a StarCraft fan or there's not many of them anymore, but you can still go to watch Overwatch or whatever and still get... You know, like I, I personally love BlizzCons because it is a lot of, you know, some of my favorite games growing up and stuff like that. And Cyanix just doesn't have that. I mean, even what you're talking about, Squid, happens at Worlds. I don't I don't care who you are. There are definitely times at Worlds where you kind of would rather just hang out with people instead of watching the game. I have fallen asleep at Worlds before. Wow. <laughs> I have. I have. At, at the venue. Multiple times, actually. Did we pick this guy up from off the street? You know, there's just those times. The funny part is, I'm pretty sure I've woken him up at Worlds before. You, you just, like, get those matches where it's like, you know, I'm really tired. The, the travel was long. Squid taking sleeper match to the whole new level. I don't think I've disagreed harder with a take so far in this podcast. Bro, it's literally Resident Sleeper. I, I'm just saying. Squid, you're like the living meme of like energy playing i watch <laughs> you see someone low i sleep <laughs> okay that's actually i'm actually kind of the opposite you know nrg playing against somebody throwaway i don't care but rogue if rogue is up i am there dude i am watching rogue They're yes my boys. yes squid i'm with you i'm with you I want the upsets, man. I mean, you're not going to get one with NRG. That's the problem. I mean, you got to think about stuff like Renegades versus Veloce. Like, that doesn't sound like a great game on paper. But, I mean, it's part of history now. What was it, like an 18-minute, like 20-minute overtime? 
It was the worst match I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life, and I loved every single well, second of it. To be fair, to be fair, I always enjoy watching the 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 extra regions, if you will. Yeah, I love OCE especially. I really the enjoy others. The others is is that like our is that how we're referring to them? <laughs> well, hey, that's it's almost the how Psionics is referring to them at this point, is it not? I mean, mm. you know, we have we have a talking point that we're going to talk about in a second. You know, let's speaking of which, that's the best. So that's the best segue we could possibly ask for. Speaking of the others, they lack official support in Asia and Middle East. For RLCS 10. So what do you do you think the regional representation is too biased? What what are your thoughts here? Bro, I am I am definitely of the opinion that it that it is too biased. We've seen the Middle Eastern teams and players play at the top level, and we've seen the Asian teams play at the top level. And guess what? Where are they at in RLCS? Freaking nowhere. They're not, they're nowhere to be found in South America and Oceania are still only at two teams. Are you kidding me? OCE have made it much farther in worlds. They've made such improvements and they're not even giving six out of the eight RLCS teams there a chance to compete. And arguably the last couple of worlds too, some of the best talent in OCE didn't even get to go to worlds because they had a bad finals or whatever. And I mean, you, you can't, can't argue one way or another. I mean, people are going to lose, but it would still be nice to see equal representation, but at the same time, too, you got to remember, though, I mean, even places like League or, or esports like League and stuff don't have equal representation for regions. I mean, you've got to cater at least a little bit to the where your game's popular, I would imagine, or at least where you've marketed the heaviest, which I would imagine is NA and EU for Rocket League. Yeah, that's that's fair. But even on top of that, they could at least provide a little bit more prizing to those regions. Well, you see, it's a weird thing, right? Because I really don't think it's biased because biased would just would essentially be assuming that Psionics is focusing on NA and EU because they like them for no good reason. But like sort of hunted alluded to, it's like those are their major regions. And it's this weird it's this weird situation for me because I would love to see, especially the Middle East, would love to see these Middle East teams be given a chance in RLCS. But at the same time, like if we continue to add teams, Worlds is going to turn into like a two-week long mega event it's gonna take what's wrong with that what's wrong with and that here it is he's already complaining <laughs> he's hey i'm fine with us going the dota route baby let's go the dota route i'm down look, man look as great as it may be i do not want to hang out in some european city for two weeks i'm not oh, made come of on. bars with diamond encrusted steel Sleeky, that's on you for not making enough money. Uh, oh, okay. Don't don't put don't put your penniless self on the rest of us. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, but like with that, I, I do think that there is some middle grounds, and I especially especially on Reddit, I've seen it mentioned a lot, and it's, it's a valid point. Um, is that why can't Middle East, for instance, participate? under eu why can't they just go under the eu banner i know they're not in the eu but i mean it's psionics making the rules here and just compete under that and they have to they have the slight disadvantage of their playing on eu servers but i, I want to see these teams compete and it, it just feels it feels like we're missing out on some really top level talent by not 
it, even if it doesn't involve making a, a league for the Middle East and Asia, at least finding ways for them to try and participate. Because I mean, look at look at recent salt mine. Ocalid out out of his mind. There's so much talent in the Middle East alone. I want to see that in RLCS. But there there therein lies your problem, though. Aside from Sandrock Gaming. List out another team that is decent from that region that can compete on the world. Don't put, don't put me on the spot like that. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> no, but that's exactly the point. Is Sandrock Sandrock Gaming is all that they have at the moment. And it's like Sandrock Gaming, they're great. And I understand why people want to see them there. But at the same time, like your question of why can't they play on EU servers? It's not their region. They're not. They're the Middle East. They're, you don't say that's Europe. That's that's so that's so pedantic, though. Yeah, sure, it's not oh, Europe. whatever, but you know that that's how it is. It doesn't have to be how it is, though. That's the thing. I think I like the same ping. At the end of the day, though, Middle East doesn't have anything else aside from Sandrock Gaming. Okay, now, time no, out, no, time look, out. North America, North America sucks at League of Legends, but still we send teams to Worlds. That's all I'm going to say. You never, like, I mean, that you can't use that argument for everything, whether, because remember how much we focused on, at least I, I got the privilege of casting the South American Grand Series playoffs a couple of times in English, and you got to watch the teams that would then go on to Worlds qualify, and that was awesome. And one of the cool talking points that we had during that broadcast is, this is something for these teams to only make their region better by sending teams to worlds, even if they get dominated, even if they they don't score a single goal, they're there, they're likely scrimming against teams in North America, EU, they're making friends there, they're making contacts or coaching, things like that, whatever, but at least they're there and their region is showing up to No, no and I think that's where you're, I think that's where you're misunderstanding me. I'm just saying like they can't, no, no, you can't do the cross region thing is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they should never get support and I, you know it's going to happen eventually. It sucks that it's not there yet, but the reason of why, and I was more responding to Sleeky's earlier thing of like, why can't they participate in the EU? EU RLCS because they're not EU. That's the issue there. That's such a weak argument, though. I'm not saying no, but that's a. Th you're not gonna say let's take a team from North America and have them compete in South America. Sure, it's a different server. You're not gonna do that, though. Okay. Yeah. No crap. No crap, Ryan. But this is the thing: is <laughs> you can just take it and be like, okay, well, you know, let's let's extend the region a little bit. So what? Yeah, it's Europe. Just redefine it. Have you seen the maps? I recall there being some controversy over a player who was trying to qualify for EU Rival Series, but ended up being like just one country, just barely outside the border. Why can't you just extend that a little bit? And the reason, the reason that we can't list more than one team. Well, it's just, you know, look, you just change it from the EU to the EB. Just make it the Eastie boys. They're stating the harsh lines now because when they pave the way later for these other regions, it's going to. They they made those lines ages ago. No, but that's the thing is it's important to have those lines now because once you establish these other regions, there's already a clear cut definition of which one you're going to be participating in. There is no there is no guessing of like, oh, I might be able to participate in Middle East. I might be able to participate in EU. It's just no. This is where you are. Time out, though. 
Timeout. They can reestablish the lines to allow more people to participate in the Middle East once they actually give the Middle East a fighting chance. Right now, they have almost no avenue of approach to make it to any sort of official major. And this is the reason why I can't list anybody more than Sandrock Gaming is because they've never had that kind of exposure. They've never had the reason to have that kind of competition in the Middle East. Nobody is trying as hard because there's no there's no way for them to do it. No, and I'm with you. I want to see these guys there. I'm not, don't, don't mistake me. I'm not saying I don't want to see these guys there eventually. I would love to see Sanra Gaming and these other teams have their chance. I would love to see a team from Asia have their chance. And it's going to happen. It is coming. We don't know when, but it's coming. The other thing too is though, you can't expect them to just be like, hey, while we're doing this whole format change, we're adding all these extra moving parts. Let's also, on top of that dumpster truck that's possibly going to be showing up, let's also add a new region or two into that as well. It's not going to happen. Let them get their feet under them. Let them get this down. Let them try it out with Battlefy. Let them try to figure all this out and make sure to see if there is time for dream hacks and all these other things. Then let's start taking those next steps to bring all in right. more regions. But let's think about this from their point of view, right? Psionics made all these big change. RLCSX, the biggest one that they've had yet. And everyone was so hyped about it. It's, it's supposed to revolutionize RL Esports. And imagine from, from a Middle Eastern player's point of view, when Sionix is basically coming out and they're like, oh yeah, look, this is a revolutionary for Rocket League Esports. It's been the most hyped up season of RLCS ever, by far. And they don't even allow you to have an extra to have a team. They don't allow Asia to have a team. They haven't expanded the potential teams for OC for OC and Sam, and they're putting four and a half million dollars over the course of a year into it. That is just a punch in the face at that point. Oh yeah, it sucks. Straight up, it sucks. I'm not gonna deny that. It sucks, but it's it's the way it is. Well, the big problem for me is that they haven't even announced any support for those regions yet. With this co with this whole community takeover thing though, they announced that they're helping support prize pools for those regions. They're starting to Okay, that's one tournament though. No, but they're they're start no, but they're starting to take they're starting to show more steps that they're taking towards that support. It's is it the best? No. Do we wish there was more? Yes, but it's coming. And that's what I think they're trying to show is it, we're getting to you. Don't worry. We are trying to get to you as soon as we can, but let us get our feet under ourselves. Let's get this going and we will come back to you. I, I'm not saying at all that we should never have these regions. I would love nothing more than to have these regions. I was more excited than anybody about OCE and Sam joining everything, but it takes time. I just feel like, you know, OC, they joined RLCS so long ago, but, and they're, they're, of course, as you mentioned, they are trying to provide more prize pools, and I will grant them that, of course. But it feels like with RLCSX, Psionics, you know, all of us in the Rocket League community, we've wanted to see this game become a tier one esport for quite some time now. I, I think there are many yeah. of us who are of the opinion that it is worthy of being a tier yeah. one esport. I stand with that personally, but it feels like they're trying. I think we all do. That's why we're making a podcast about it. <laughs> It feels like they're trying to rush it out, right? And, and in that regard, they're kind of leaving these extra regions a little bit in the dust. And I feel like that's going to be one of their biggest criticisms when they do eventually get to that point of being a tier one esport. I feel like you've got it backwards, though, because I feel like if they were to shoehorn Middle East and Asia in, that would be them rushing it out. I think they are attempting to make take a metered approach here. No, exactly. And that involves not expanding to those regions. And I, I'm sort of on the same page with Ryan here in that, I again, like I mentioned earlier, I want to see these teams play. I want, because there's the talent is there. 
But from Psyonix's point of view, I, I really can't sit here and blame them for the decision that this is just because they this is a brand new format and they have got to make sure that it works and when it does i would not be surprised for rlcs season 11 to start seeing some type of additional support for these regions exactly but the other thing too is when you think about it though this is the final point i want to make on it personally is when you think of the world championship since south america has joined it's been a different format every single time Every single time it's been a different format because they can't figure out what is going to work and what doesn't. They're trying their best here. And I think giving them that chance to try and figure it out with this new format. I think this format, personally, I think it's awesome. I think it's almost, I'm not, until I see it entirely, I, I mean, I think it's a slam dunk personally. I think this is the right way to take things, creates a much more open environment for people to come in, but also has a very uh, nice format set up to it to where it's like there's a clear cut path for how you get into that pro uh, pro area of the game and it, it just takes time you've got to develop it out the only negative is rip rival series <sighs> yeah that that's that's another podcast but that's that's the one thing that <laughs> i understand it but man it makes me sad well yeah one of the closing thoughts i'll, I'll put on that as well is uh along with rip rival series of course you know uh i i do i do agree with you in that in that point so I appreciate you bringing up that that kind of perspective because actually one of the things that i noted that we didn't end up uh actually including here was that I, I noted that with the new format, there's a lot of room for error, right? So uh, I, I suppose you're right there. I would like to see them kind of nail it and knock it out of the park before they try and rush it. So hope, hopefully they do. Uh, but they also they talked about how they're adding a new rank to GC uh, or above GC, my bad. Uh, and, you know, there's there's been some debate on Twitter and stuff. I mean, Personally, I think it's going to help promote more competition. I don't know about you guys, but I think there's going to be more competition at the higher end when it comes to ranked games with this edition. I just hope they call it GC2. GC, Grand Champion 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> there you go. If they call it that, I'm all on board entirely. <laughs> I really don't think that it's going to do anything meaningful. What? I, I know everybody everybody and their grandma has been like, we need a new rank above GC. It's not enough. There's so many players in here. The skill differential between 1550 and 1950 is astronomical. And yes, 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 it is absolutely astronomical. It's insane. But at the end of the day, like, I, like when you hit GC, you, no one, it's, it's, it's a different environment. When you're in Diamond, you say, hey, to your buddy, you're like, hey, uh, what rank are you? And they go, oh, uh, Diamond 1 or Champ 2, right? But when you hit GC, you don't say that anymore. You don't go, oh, I'm GC. You go, oh, I'm 1620 or I'm 1735. Like, the, the rank now becomes your MMR. That's what everyone goes off of. And that's why, you know, I... I I don't, it doesn't bother me that they're adding a new rank. I would like to see a new rank just because it's interesting. I personally hope it's a top 500, similar to how Overwatch does. But I don't really see it adding any sense of competitive, like additional competitive to strive for. Because once you hit GC, what you're striving for is that number. That number is now your rank. I mean, I don't really think adding this physical manifestation of a higher GC is going to tangibly change anything other than to give some people... Uh, one extra badge to strive for. You you mean to tell me that if there's a rank where only the top 500 players in the world get that rank, you don't think that's going to lead to more competition if they do that? Now that I could I could maybe see that. I could see that. I could see that. Hear hear me out. I think Ryan, you're definitely right. But 
I think that what we're trying to talk about here is I don't think that there's going to be any like any way to promote competition in a meaningful way for people who can achieve that rank. Then what what would you say? What would you say is me? Let's like let's establish that though. Like what is what is meaningful competition in your eyes for the ranked warriors out there? Okay, so this is this is basically uh, I'm gonna backtrack just a little bit here. So bear with me. Hey hey hey! There's no backtracking on this podcast. You have to mean what you say. We only plow forward. <laughs> right or wrong, it's only forward. <laughs> I, I can backtrack if I derank hunted, can't I? <laughs> you're back. You're back to GC one, Squid. All right, go ahead. I'm back to GC1. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is that Grand Champion is already the top 1% of players, basically, right? In most, in uh, doubles, doubles in, in standard. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think it's like the top half of the beginning of the season, usually. But then it kind of rounds out to about 1% later, later down the line, end of the season. Yeah. Uh, what I saw on Rocket League Tracker Network uh, suggests about 1%. But um, that's, that's the thing, right? It's just the top 1% of players. And it's basically a feature that the top like quarter of that one percent is asking for it's a very very vocal minority and sonics are going to have to implement this rank which does not benefit 99 and a half percent of the community essentially yes it does it benefits the community because it's a way for it's a way for people to look How? at, team, at players in this rank like if you're an organization and you're looking they already do that with mmr no, but if you're if you're an organization and you're looking Nobody at looks players at to people. possibly bring on, you're gonna want to know: Are you a part of this rank? Are you at this level and stuff? M M R. Timeout, Ryan. I mean, six mans is really sort of what bubble teams look for when they're picking up players. It's it's like, oh, you're GC two or whatever. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Do orgs even use MMR over like? six man status anymore this is where i was going with that but now that that establishes a new thing that they can look at instead of six mans because a lot of bubble players complain all the time about how they hate six mans no, find a bubble no. player who hasn't completely bro on six mans you know what you know what they do sh on six mans but if i'm an organization looking to pick up players i'm looking for tournament results i don't give a damn if you're a ranked grinder there are so many players who are who have gotten the top rank they've been ranked number one on the leaderboards but never made rlcs Actually, or no. even rival series uh no i'm thinking i'm thinking more from i guess i guess part of my argument is like more messed up because i'm thinking from the side of like league of legends where it's like you're in the you're in like the the challenger series because oh yeah league league is a different but the problem and I realize this now is because when you're looking at it it's franchised this it's not the open the open circuit format of RLCSX kind of fixes all that so well it would actually be kind of cool since you bring that up what if there was a tournament like even you 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 try to talk like rival esports into running something where like. We're going to invite only the top 100 threes players in the solo standard leaderboard to a, to a draft tournament for a lot of money. That would be fun. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? I like that. Ooh, that would get the playlist alive. I'd be for that. Hey, Quint, when we send you this, you need to listen to this part specifically. Hey, hang on. Time out. We're, we're, we're getting first rights to that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm positing right now. Let's all pitch in $100 solo standard tournament. Let's go. Dibs. Top 100 players in solo standard. Sponsored by Talk It League. Yeah, there you go. I'm down. Let's do it. No, actually, though, actually, though, if you place like a thousand dollar prize pool only open to the top 50 solo standard players, imagine how much that would boost the playlist. That'd be nuts. I don't I don't think we should be trying to revive that playlist, to be honest with you. At the end of the day, I think I think this is going to promote more competition on the top end because 
everybody's going to want the title. Everybody's going to want to be able to prove that they're the best because now it's like people are saying, oh, I'm 2000 MMR. Well, it's like now like that sounds great, but it's like now that wouldn't mean anything against this new rank if you're not at that rank. All right. Here, here's my final word. I and uh, again, just, just let me let me finish here is that it will promote competition on the top end. I do not think it will promote competition in a meaningful way. I think six mans and tournament results are the ways that players at that rank honestly want to improve. I don't think that range grinding at that point is very useful for them. And that's why I think a GC2 is not going to be useful. I mean, for all intents and purposes, six mans is getting replaced by the field. But yeah, I, I'm pretty I'm kind of on the same wavelength with you on it. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, everyone's thinking it. The field is six mans for teams. I mean, that's look, hot takes are for contestable. Things. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Why didn't you put that down as your hot take? Like, I mean, look, but like for real, just for half a second, just to for half a second. Wow. Six man is for individual players. And I don't think it'll completely go away, but I definitely think the field with its team based ranking is going to eat a lot into their market share. Their market share. I love it. Only the most eloquent of terms for talk at league. The six mans have a market. Can I invest in six mans? Can I invest can I invest in RL six mans? And where where where's their uh where's their where's their stock? I need to take a look at their earnings. I'd like I'll offer you $10,000 in exchange for 25% equity. Let me take a look at your portfolio real fast. <laughs> Squid's over here trying to diversify. <laughs> All right, so we're now going to go into some closing thoughts for you guys, whether it was uh, anything about this topic or any other one. So, Honda, we'll start with you. Don't, don't mistake this for the final part of the show. There's still one more part. No, closing thoughts? I mean... Right now we're in we're in a limbo period with Rocket League, and I think this is kind of a perfect jumping off point for our little podcast we have going, just because there's so much we're going to be able to get to talk about in the coming weeks and months. Uh, but I think if you're part of the community, and you know this kind of goes back to the Battlefy thing we were talking about, things are going to be different, right? For everyone, not just for the players, not just for you know the big boy casters, but for tournament organizers, you know all of us here for uh, everyone and you just got to take it all with a grain of salt, right? You can't judge it before it has a chance to run its course. And I just hope that we are patient enough to see how these play out and are smart enough to make changes when things, you know, don't go the way we plan them to go. I mean, my closing thoughts is I, we've talked a lot about, RLCSX, I mean, obviously, that's the, the number one sort of topic on everyone's mind. But, you know, with with everything from Battlefy to the format itself to how majors are going to work to the potential third-party lands to left-hour regions, with all of that, I, it's still – it boils down to me that I am incredibly excited for this. I, I really love the direction that Psyonix is taking with it. It really feels like this eSport is gaining momentum. Uh, it feels – like everything is sort of falling into place. And if Psionics can execute on it and with the team that they've really started to build, especially if you look and, and sort of with the community tournaments in the summer and the sp spring series before that, it, it really feels like Psionics is really putting an attention to detail with this. And if they can nail it, we're, this, this or Rocket League is going to start to edge its way very quickly into the tier one esport category. And I'm excited for it. 
Yeah, I, uh, you know what? I, I have to agree with you guys, you know, and I, I said a lot of, a lot of stuff that uh, I, I feel could potentially go wrong with RLCSX. You know, I had a couple of criticisms about the regions, but I think what it, uh, what it really comes down to is the fact that we desperately needed this change in the format. You know, we've, we've had so many RLCS where it's like the only changes that we've had are the, the way that RLCS plays out. And they had a group stage uh, before. They, they changed it from a just a bracket to a group stage, which was great. They added OC. They added South America. Outside of that, there wasn't really much going on. So I think the change is good. And I think that uh, even if it doesn't go how they planned, making mistakes always is the path to improving. And they'll nail it the next time around. We know that for certain. You know, we've seen that with Sonic's so many times, and I think that another one of the key elements when I'm talking about that is even if it does have some issues or some bumps along the way, they've already established their reputation, uh, you know, throughout the years that we've had them uh, supporting the community, we are going to forgive them if they make mistakes. I don't think there's really any doubt about that. Of course, we're going to provide them with feedback whenever necessary, even if it's a little bit harsh, but at the end of the day, they're going to get it done. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I'm just, I'm really excited for what this means for um, a lot of the bubble scene teams. I'm just excited for what it means for them because now these guys are finally feeling not like they didn't have a chance before, but to me, it's like you get more chances to try and go compete with those who are at the top. And it's it's not only that, but it also means that those who are at the top, there's no more time for you to be complacent. You can't you can't rest on your laurels because someone is going to be out there and they're hungry for this and they're going to come after you and they're going to try and take these tournaments by storm. And so I'm personally excited to see what this does on the lower end uh, in terms of elevating the overall skill level for these guys. And I mean, I, I we argued a little bit about it, but I mean, I really am excited for whenever Asia and Middle East are um, added to the family of regions. And I that's a day that I can't wait to come. And I I mean, I hope it gets here sooner rather than later. I'm hoping that our, this is a banger of a season and we go into rlcs 11 and they're like you know what last one was so great let's go bigger i hope to god that's how it goes and i mean really at the end of the day hunted you're exactly right we're in a limbo time it's this is almost one of those things that kind of makes or breaks it it could be really great or it could be just a dumpster truck that's on fire and it's about to go off a cliff we have no clue we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see um and you know the anticipation is killing me personally uh, as we get ready for the field, the grid and RLCXX to kind of get underway. But uh, that is going to conclude our final thoughts. We want to try and end each show not on a positive note. We want to piss some of you off. So we're going to end it with a hot take. And this week's hot take is going to come from Hunted. Yes. Yeah, so hot take, boys. I hope you're ready for this one. All right. So my my hot take is... And, and all right, hold on, Ryan. So this is the first episode. Can we preface what the hot take section is a little bit? So the hot take section, one of us, we are all going to put out hot takes for each other to look at before we start the show. And whichever one we think is the best, we are going to agree on. And that is going to be whoever put that hot take forth is going to be the one who presents it to you guys. And you get to just listen in and see what our thoughts are for this, because you know, at the end of the day, like I said, we're just here to piss you off. We just want to start conversation, uh, whether you like it, whether whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. This is going to be a thing that we try to add to the show just to kind of keep things uh, moving and kind of had 
have some discourse because, you know, there, there might be some times where like we all agree on topic. And this is always going to be a section where we try to make sure that there is no way that we all agree. And I think to an extent we do not all agree on this topic that you chose on to. I don't think I don't think any of you guys agree with. This. I agreed with you. Uh, OK, well, there you go. All right. All right, here we go then. All right, this is the well, hot take. Let's just get on, get on with Squishy it. Squishy is not the answer for NRG. Agreed. 100%. Hard disagree. No. You got to hear me out. This is my time to, to argue my point. Squishy is a wonderful player, has always been a wonderful player, played great for Cloud Nine. In recent seasons, I feel like Squishy has started to decline. He's fallen off a little bit from the top of NA. Now, what works really hard against my point is how well energy has played recently. Don't, don't, don't disprove yourself, man. Keep going. No, do please keep going. Keep going. Hunted. I, I can hear the fanboys like cringing and the, the fanboys are already going. No, to no, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's still hunted. soapbox. Yes. Listen that I congratulate energy for their recent success with squishy. However, Every single team goes through honeymoon periods, and I think that was NRG's. Squishy, to me, does not fit in with the style of gameplay that specifically Justin likes to play. I feel like Squishy and Justin are very similar players. They are very mechanical. They love to be aggressive and take the offensive opportunities. I think Turbo, and before him, Fireburner, were the rocks of the team. They were players that, okay, you're not getting by me. I'm winning this 50, 50. I'm, you know, keeping the ball in the zone. I'm playing defense. I'm not scoring a whole lot, but I'm going to keep our star player in Justin on the offensive side of the ball. And squishy to me does not have that same characteristic. Does that mean Garrett G fills in that role? I, I really don't think he will. I think he will try and I think they'll have some success. I mean, I just don't think he does it as well as Turbo at the end of the day. Exactly. I don't think Garrett G is Turbo Pulsa. I don't think Garrett G is Fireburner. He's great and he has his own role. But with Squishy, it's going to be a new NRG style. And I don't know how well Justin and Garrett will adjust to that after playing the same way for what has it been? Like a year, two years almost or something like that. So, I mean... It worked once. I just don't see it working again. I don't even need to argue. He did such a good job. I'm trying to find the word that describes how much I disagree with you. I think vehement comes to mind because, look, here's the thing is you, you touch on one thing that I think is key to why I personally think Squishy is an extremely good fit for this NRG team and it's that him and Justin have similar play styles and I think those similar play styles with the sort of anchoring and defense in the midfield that uh, Garrett gives them is why they're going to succeed because if you think about it and you look at how they perform in Codename Covert and in the Beyond Star Series Qualifier 1 they Justin and Squishy are so insane at being able to combine together for passing plays that other defenses are just not prepared for. And one of the things, the reason I think that that is going to continue to be a trend for them is because when you have a player like Turbo filling into this team, you can get used to how he plays because he's so smart. He knows how to position, but teams can plan around that. But the 
I mean, frankly, chaotic nature of Squishy and Justin and how they combine to just pull plays out of thin air. You can't plan for that. It happens spontaneously on the spot. And the only way that that happens spontaneously on the spot is when you have two of arguably some of the most mechanically gifted players in Rocket League right now playing on the same team. They bring unpredictability, and it's really why I think they play so well together and why I'm so excited to continue to see them play with each other because that team is monstrous. Nah, I, I'll I'll buy it when I see a level of consistency here. Look, I, I just want to make a counter-argument to this real quick. Number one, and I'm... This is probably going to anger a lot of people when I say this. Squishy is just a worse Justin. Oh, oh, wow. We don't throw hands after this podcast ends, Hunted. I think that's an even hotter take, to be honest. <laughs> Welcome to Hotter Takes. <laughs> no, look, look, you you said it yourself that they play very similar. We agree on that point. They have a very similar play style. I think Justin plays it better than Squishy does. And and you say that they have a chaotic team nature in that teams are just not going to be ready for it. When was the last time we saw that? Think about a team that played so aggressive and chaotic that they were nearly unstoppable. And I, if you don't think of the Pittsburgh Knights, then you weren't paying attention. I mean, I think of Space Station, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, okay, uh, that's a fair point, but... Uh, Pittsburgh Knights I was the team that everybody said these guys are crazy aggressive. I mean, demos were their identity. I don't think that's the same for Squishy and Justin, but they played crazy aggressive chaotic offense and it worked for a while for them. But teams eventually started countering that and they got better at playing against that. And I think that actively works against NRG in that it's already been solved. I think the difference is that with the Pittsburgh Knights, as good as they are, there were players on other teams that were better, and there's not a whole lot of players outside of Sipical, who, in my opinion, is the best player in Rocket League right now. There's not a whole lot of players that have the mechanical ability to be able to physically counter Squishy and Justin together. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, I need to see energy continue to pull this out because the problem is you will no because whenever we saw turbo first join the team they went on to win bts they then went on to dominate through league play go on to win the world championship against vitality they showed that they were able to consistently stand up at this high level of play and i'm with hunted here i think this is a honeymoon phase i don't think it lasts i think that Ultimately, Squishy is not the answer for these guys because I don't think that Garrett is going to be able to fill what Turbo Pulsa did for them. I think, in all honesty, if and I mean, this, I think this is something else people might not like as well. Uh, I think if you were honestly looking to make a change, I would say instead of pulling out Turbo, you replace Garrett with Squishy. If what you're looking for is what you're saying, Sleeky, if you're looking for two, you're looking for two dynamite players who are going to come out and just blast the offense, like. I would say Squishy and Justin probably fit that bill better, and Turbo would be the better defender over Garrett here. I think the one benefit I'll give to Garrett in this situation, though, is I think Turbo's better presence on the field, but I think Garrett might be a better personality fit for that team, which is something we touched on Fair. A lot, way earlier. Fair. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I mean, people people disagreeing with people and all that stuff. I can, I can agree with that. I think that, that that makes sense, and I mean... 
I, I would be willing to bet that some of that might have been the case. <laughs> uh, but all right, Hunted, this was your hot take. You have the floor to close it out. Sleeky, you and me are going to shut up now. Uh, well, all right. So the thing with the hot takes, too, is, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're hot takes, right? They're not supposed to be necessarily good takes, but. What do you mean? (laughs) But the point of this during the show, too, is to, you know, have fun and try to convince people who may be on the opposite side. Right. And so I just want I mean, Ryan, you kind of already agreed with me. I I know that Saligi is not going to change his mind on this, and that's fine. But I would like to know what squid thinks i want to know if if i convince squid at least a little bit squid's internet has been messing with him so he had to dip out a little earlier uh <laughs> he's having some technical difficulties over we will, there we will get his opinion at the beginning of next show <laughs> his internet is as consistent as his takes oh no dude all right well that was a all right well anyway i i, I don't know i uh I'm, I like the hot takes. I feel like we're going to have a lot of fun with that. But No, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And guys, we hope that you all enjoyed listening to this show. We know that we it's a lot of it, this is banter, too. I mean, at the end of the day, like we all we all are good friends and everything, and we're all co-casters uh, in a lot of stuff. Uh, but we hope that you guys enjoyed this. We hope that you tune in for more. Uh, this is just the beginning. Like we said, we want to keep doing more and more of these. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to put out one a week at least. Uh, and keep giving you guys some more fun opinions on a lot of these different things. Keep giving you more of uh, the banter and stuff. Um, but eventually we'll have uh, Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's like the plan is like we'll have a Twitter. Uh, this is is it, is it just Twitter? Do we want do we want to be old school and get a Facebook. <laughs> no There's an active Rocket Facebook. League community on Facebook, I think. <laughs> No. <laughs> so eventually we'll have a Twitter handle that you guys can go check out. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to tr- we're going to have these posted on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, Pocket Casts, and uh, did we did we decide on YouTube or not? At least okay. We'll also be on YouTube. So eventually we'll have a YouTube for you guys to go follow as well. Uh, be sure to go like, subscribe, give us five stars, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys very much. But this has been Talk It League episode one in the books. I'm Ryan. That's Squid, Slee, and Hunted, and we hope to see you guys next time. Bye.